Hey, welcome to another show of analysis. It's been great. You guys have been supporting. It's been an amazing journey. I've I've learned so much. And today I have a, a special guest. And you know we gotta give him the intro. Wearing number 33 from Ontario, Canada. Julian Christian Lutz, as known as Director X. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I know you're so busy. I know everything that's going on. Thank you so much for being able to. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. For me to just you know be able to kind of learn from you and learn more about your journey. But mm. um, okay, so how did you, how did you get the nickname Director X? Um, back in the 90s, like 94, 95, when you were just being born, <laughs> hip hop was a very different place. It was very conscious hip hop, like Public Enemy. They had their records. There's artists like, um, you know, the Jungle Brothers and people wearing big African pendants. And it was a very conscious time in, in hip hop. There are groups called X-Clan and, you know, Malcolm, everyone was talking about Malcolm X and Martin Luther is like, they're very much in that mode of the civil rights movement. Nice. It was very much alive. And uh, being a mixed race kid, I was, of course, the blackest motherfucker you'd ever met. Yes. So, you know, they were calling, started calling me Little X. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it was, I was on it, boy. I was on it, hanging out, hanging around Nation of Islam, and you know, we had a we had a Black Youth Congress out here, a bunch of kids, black kids from different schools. Yes, and we said let's form a, this kind of organization where each school would have a little group, and then we'd all be a larger group. And they said, "Who's going to lead us?" And they all pointed at me. And I was, <laughs> They saw something. Yeah. They saw something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So little X for a while, and then when I hit my thirties, little X was just feeling. I'm 30-something to be little X. It's just, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So I evolved it into Director X, and that has the gravitas. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Does. It does. I was, you know, I was reading about you and going through all these things, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, there is no way. I was seeing videos after videos, projects after projects, and, like, the, this, uh, this whole new other, I don't want to say persona, but this whole new other reality of you. Like, I've heard Mm. But you, I've heard like, okay, through different videos and I'm like, oh man, this is incredible. But I didn't know to this extent. And then once I got the chance, like I was going to do a podcast and I was like, okay, if I get a chance, you know, if I could get like a friend or mutual friend to just, to hear, you know, hear him, hear his story. So how, do, so. Yeah, big up the commissioner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big up, shout out to the commissioner. Mm. Uh, I just, I would just love for you to kind of. Walk me through, how did he start? How did you start? Um, for me, like the journey really, when I was a kid, I thought I was gonna draw comic books. Yes. I drew comic book characters all the time. Uh, when I was in junior high, I started drawing comics, like I would copy comics, but I would change the costumes and name after them. Everyone was after named after my friends. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a whole thing. The Omen, I called it the Omen. Oh. <laughs> right, and then, uh, drawn comic books, went to high school, and uh, someone handed me a party flyer. And it was like someone had drawn the party flyers. Oh, I want to draw party flyers. I can draw. 
Yeah. So I started drawing party fires for people, like, you know, party at this place and that, and I put my characters on it. And that changed my interest to graphic design, like started using the computer and scanning them. And I started, you know what I mean? Like yes. really making these party flyers. So yeah, graphic design, maybe that'll be the thing. And around that time as well, I was reading poetry, uh, poetry readings. Just, you know, I left home real young. I left home when I was like 16, 17 years old, uh, living with my friends. They, were, they wanted to be rappers, they were making music. And I would write, one day I wrote some lyrics for them for their Black Conscious song, Yes. right? <clears throat> and, uh, Went to a poetry reading with one of my friends. They read poetry and they said, who wants to read? Uh, they opened up the mic at the end of the night and I went up and read the lyrics from the rap song I'd wrote for my friends. And they're like, come back. So next thing you know, I had to write some poems. And I'm reading poetry and I'm drawing party flyers and, you know. Writing raps. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I'm just doing the, and, and, and the, what's important about this and what I tell a lot of kids, now that we're so hyper-focused on success, right? We didn't have that. We had TV, we had radio, uh, VHS. We didn't have social media and a success and you wake up in the morning and you think about it, you should never smile unless you're, you never have fun unless you're successful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that didn't happen back then. Yes. And do what you want to do. Feel what I'm saying? Not yes. everything has to be death and then I'm going to this and then that will lead to that. No, no, if you like doing it, you should do it. Yes. Just because you like it. I read poetry, not because there's no money in poetry. I wasn't going to be a famous poet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I would go and read my poetry, and people would clap, and I enjoyed it. And that was the thing. I, I drew my thing. I thought I was going to be an artist. Yes. Some of what I did, I thought, you know, this is going to lead to my life. <clears throat> but it wasn't this, like, if, you don't, if it doesn't lead to the blink. It, it is just, like this. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. If you enjoy it, do it, because it all began to feed together. Now, I'm reading the poetry. The poetry seems start, starts to get a little hot, right? Yeah. And then... We have much music out here. It's our MTV. Yes. Right? And much music had a show, Rap City. And then one day, Rap City said, we're going to do a poetry episode. We want you, Little X, to read a poem. So now yeah. I'm reading a poem at Much Music on Rap City. And I see the producer. And they had an internship program. Um, we didn't know it was. We didn't know what it was. But we knew what's Big C was, yeah. work, was at Much Music. Then mm -hmm. he had left. He got a job at BMG, a record company. And I said, so what's up with B Big C's job? And right? said, so, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I worked it out through school. Now my poetry wasn't a career plan, but my poetry brought me to much music. Yeah, he led you to, yeah. It led me to much music. Now mm -hmm. I'm on much music. I'm in there. The machines, the tapes, the cameras, the, you know what I mean? The celebrities are coming through. I'm part of it. I'm just some kid hustling. Yes. Right? And while I was there looking at the cameras and looking at the lights, I said, oh, this is interesting. And I evolved again. So from comics to graphic design, from graphic design to directing. Yes. Feel what I'm saying? And the music videos I found interesting, the cameras, the lights, and then Hype Williams came along. And um, Hype Williams really changed hip hop in a way. So, sorry, can, for me, like, you know, not being from the US and like, what, who, what could you explain to me? Like, what was the culture? Like you say Hype Williams, like, comes in and he helps you. Like, so normally hip hop videos back then, it was New York or LA. And people went on the stoop in New York and they shot their video. Or they went to the bodega and they shot their video. And they shot uh -huh. it on film. They shot it on 35 millimeters. So it looked, you could see there's some money. But there was never, and you never looked at it like, wow, look at the art. You said, wow, look at the clothes and look at the culture and look yes, at the yes. city. And it's so cool. But you never got hit with the art. You know yes. what I'm saying? And then suddenly these videos started coming out, right? It felt like art, like Wu-Tang Clan, can it be so simple? 
Right. If you don't know these videos, you need to look these videos. Yes. Wu Tang Clan can it be so simple? Um, another one, uh, flavoring your remix. Flavoring your remix was the big one. Craig Mack, flavoring your remix. With uh, Big was on it. LL Cool J, Busta Rhymes was on it, and it was everyone was like, "Whoa!" And you, the art hit you in the face, like, "Whoa!" Yes. Why does this look so good? Why does this feel? What is what it's happening? We all knew it. Like, some, what's happening with the music videos, right? And it was this guy, Hype Williams. He was doing all these videos. You felt the art. You felt, because he's from the culture. He's from yes. Queens. He's the same age group. He's the contemporary of all these guys. You know what I mean? He was an intern when Puff was an intern. Like, he was one of them. He even had a hip-hop name, Hype Williams. Okay? So this now is happening along the times that I want to direct. And at that time now, I was like, I had printed some T-shirts for some drawings I had made, right? Mm -hmm. So I had little t-shirt i wouldn't call it a t-shirt line but i had some t-shirts i was selling um, i mean nowadays they would call it the brand the brand, the brand yeah the yeah. t-shirt brand you know what i'm saying <laughs> with the little I had little mm -hmm. x on it and it was, you know what i mean it was this cool little t-shirt i made but i was selling this t-shirt right um i was doing logos i was drawing had i took that poetry i was doing in school we had a you know big final art project to do i made mine a poetry video i made it and with the people i knew now at much music so the uh -huh. cameraman, I said, could you film? Because, again, this wasn't like now, right? Shooting stuff on your video camera wasn't a cool look. It meant you didn't have money, right? Uh -huh. Back in those days, you couldn't make a music video. Like, there was a hard line between commercial and consumer products. The consumer could play a tape. And if you wanted to maybe do an edit, you could maybe wire two VHS things together. And it, the quality would get less. And you could never. You, making your lips move to a song was impossible to do. If you oh did God. not have professional equipment, yes. you could not do that. Period. End of story. Don't even hope. You can't do it. But now I had interned because my poetry that I did for fun, I now know the editor at Much Music. I said, hey, man, can you help me do my project? I said, yeah, it's cool. Now I have the technology to make an actual video. Now I would go in because you still need a work ethic. As much yes. as I'm telling you, go out and have fun and do what you enjoy. You know, as an athlete, yeah, of course, you got to put the work 100%. in. Hundred percent. So every night, even I wasn't even an intern then at Much Music. I had done my time there, but the, everything was so much looser then. So I would just walk back in and wave. The security guy just figured I was still there. Hey, what's up? So I'd walk in. <laughs> this is good. Uh, hey. hey, bro, you got to do the hustle. Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. So around exactly. seven o'clock every night, I walk in like, hey, what's up? I'd go, hey, what's going on? And I go in and I go to the tape machine and I put in the tape and I do my EDL editor decisions list. Okay, and I'd write down by hand every shot, the opening to the ending, to the frame. And some nerds are watching this. They understand how specific this is, right? And so when I came in to do the edit, I had the list. This is what we're doing. We didn't sit in there and waste his time like, oh, I don't know, bro. What do you think? Should we do? No, this is what we're doing. And he assembled it for me. But now since I'm using that equipment, the poem that I did with my friend is my friend and I, we did a poem about a... Uh, you know, some guys against some guy here is, oh, this guy's talking shit about me. I'm gonna go yeah. deal with his case and someone gets shot. You know, little you know yeah, what I'm saying? Rap, young rap, people rap, yeah. young young people foolishness poem. But the the uh we had slow motion. I had professional equipment. I had slow yeah. motion, dissolves, fade to black, our lips were moving to the track. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I had all this stuff and I wanted to get at the hype Williams. So I saw this article in Vibe magazine. They did a little one-page thing on Hype Williams. Again, yeah. you know, what's happening with the music videos? Yes. Hype Williams. You might have noticed this is the guy. 
Yeah. Mimi Valdez. There's a lot of little lessons in this, this story. Okay. Mimi Valdez wrote this little one-pager about Hype Williams. I send her the package. I send the package out to two people first. A friend of mine from Toronto was living in New York working for our music video director. Yeah. I sent her the package. T-shirt, video, uh, four pages, my drawings, my logos, a letter, hey, yes. I'd like to be an intern, right? I send it to Mimi Valdez, I send it to my friend. I get a hold of Mimi Valdez. <clears throat> I said, if I wanna get something to Hype Williams, who should I send it to, right? She gave me a name and a number. I didn't ask for Hype's number. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who do I send it to? I get that. I mean, my, you wanna be respectful, I understand. I learned from the, I, mean, I get some kids don't understand, but it, I mean, I, and I don't like giving too much game away yes. for kids. I'll tell you about my story, but you yeah. know, there's a part of this where Again, you gotta, I, you gotta well, learn. You know, I didn't yeah. get on the internet and hear Hype Williams tell his story. I, you know what I'm saying? The, the yeah. most you read the article and they spoke about being an intern. That's a little bit of game you got. Nice. So that, just, you know what I mean? Don't ask for the big man's number. So yeah. we, I sent it to, I sent the package to Mimi Valdez and I, uh, I managed to get this, uh, she gives me the name and number, send the package off. And just so happens that God puts together this this moment, there was a riot in Toronto. The black kids right after um, Rodney King, the original yes. George Floyd. Yes. Rodney King got beat by the cops, riots all over the place, and we had a little riot here as well. So the government said, we need to give these black kids something to do. And they started this uh, arts program, Fresh Arts. And Fresh Arts, Fresh Arts really affected the city in a positive way, right? Because you took all these kids, Fresh Arts was an arts program, they took all these kids that were interested in the arts and gave them minimum wage to yes. spend the summer working. They invested in the arts, you know, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't just, hey, kids have some money. They yeah. invested in the arts, and many of those kids, I'm one of them included, went on to really be in this industry, you know what I'm saying? Yes, so yeah, radio DJs and executives and radio, like, you know what I'm saying? Investing in the arts is a smart thing. <laughs> so I do fresh arts. The guy who's running my, our little program, Cardinal Official, had his own little kind of like offshoot called Maroon Squad. And he took us all to New York. We all went to New York, got on the bus, and went to New York together. <clears throat> and um, when, went around all the different record companies. I was showing people my thing, but I had also sent the package to Hype. Yes. So call them up. Have you seen the thing? No. Have you seen the thing? No. Have you seen the thing? No. Then I'm in New York. Hey, I'm in New York. Have you seen the thing? And the guy said, I don't know who you are. No one here knows who you are. No, okay. one, we know, no one knows who you're talking about. I'm like, so I was still like a kid. I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, I'm going to come get my ship. <laughs> I wanted my shit back, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, and I go to the office, and there's one person there, the receptionist. I said, you're going to watch it. Watch this. He watched it. goes, oh, this is good. Wait for Chelsea to come back. So, like I was saying, that thing about Mimi Valdez and also Chelsea. Mimi Valdez ended up managing Pharrell. Oh, She's shoot. still a player in the, in the game. Oh, shoot. Chelsea was one of the producers at Big Dog Films. I worked with Chelsea like two years ago. She's an executive at a network as well. The people you meet along the way. That's sad. It's just you a circle. Gonna, of, circle you're gonna know them. If you, if you, you stick in the game, you're gonna know people for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Chelsea tells me, come back in a month and you can be an intern. I, I, I said that, I was cocky and said, I know I'm good enough to work for free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I, I knew that much. Um, so 
I went back home and it just felt very dead endy. I was getting that I got to get out of here feeling. And I came back two weeks early. I left. Like I just left. Came back two weeks early. Why? Was it something? Just something in my gut was telling. Like I just came home and everyone's like, yo, you know, like more time. I'm like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just felt like nothing. What am I doing here? So I left two weeks early. The day I went to Big Dog Films was the day Chelsea was quitting. It was her last day. Uh oh. That's how I, you know what I'm saying? So it was enough for that to be like, oh, you're here. And there's a little bit of confusion. And the executive's like, I don't know what's going on. This Kiki goes, I don't know what's going on. Yes. And I just came the next day. <laughs> I, started, I started working. <laughs> They're like, I guess he's in the confusion of it all. Yes. They're like, I guess someone said he's working here. All right, cool, kid. And I just, that was it. I was in. You know All right, cool. You get this is your office, basically. <laughs> my office. I, I got ten dollars a day of petty cash. <clears throat> had to bring them back receipts. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And by the end of some weeks, I spent my own money, but that's yes. not. But that's what people don't understand. Sometimes, like, it, it does take time to like build your farm, build like the groundwork, build this. You cannot from one day to another be like, oh, I came here, I worked for you, or, or I, you mentored me, and then after two months, you expect to. Or three months or six, or even a year, expect to be like, okay, this is how I'm gonna be. You gotta like really put in the work. So, how did you like, okay, so how did the time fly by? How, okay, so what was the first year for you? It, was, it wasn't years. It was, you know, I interned, I ran packages in the rain. You know, <clears throat> Hype and Kiki were really good to me. They really brought me in like family. Like Thanksgiving, I'll go, I'm there, you know, I'll go with them, you know what I mean? My birthday, they bought me like a PlayStation, like a major, Oof. like they really, they really treated me well. Hype's a really good guy. And, um, you know, I started doing storyboards. Now, I'm, now I am getting money. Now they're paying me. I'm drawing, ah. you know what I mean? I'm drawing storyboards and was able to get my own place and, you know, just- Wait, in, in New York? In New York, yeah. Oh, okay. Things are slowly building, expanding. I was around him, I was learning. And this is right around the time, like the commissioner was saying, when I came there, the first job I PA'd on was a two-day shoot for 100 grand. And Oof. I remember, yeah, I went home with blisters on my feet. And, because uh, you were, you know what I'm saying? I went home with blisters on my feet. When everyone was going to work, I was going back to, I was going home, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I saw, I was right there when budgets went from 100 to 300 to 500 to 700 to suddenly it was a million, like, you know what I mean? I watched the budgets go crazy so what so now that you talk about our numbers what is what is the least amount you think you've like been involved in the project what's the you talking about and, and again i don't want to put you in the, in the I spot mean, i mean the you least don't have to when, say no names when know. i was out here when i was really trying to get it you know a couple thousand you know five thousand seven thousand we used back then you were shooting on film so okay. you needed money you yes. needed to buy film and buy get lights like you just couldn't grab a camp it's not like today so yeah 10 grand, seven grand, sometimes five, six grand, very little amounts of money. And on the high end, I've done music videos for over a million dollars, right? So, you know, the shit gets, the shit gets real. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. You know, with the, with the grace of God, you work hard, you get to that level, you know? This is this, you know, and I said before, when I was telling you before the pod that, you know, now I have a lab, label back home and I see how many, uh, Guys who do video, a lot of guys who are artists uh, do the songs, and and I'm trying to you know really really bring him here, you know, give him the exposure and mentorship, and, and I'm like, who you should look at this guy and look how they do, you know, because we're talking about obviously other like 
other type of money, you know, budgets, budgets and stuff like this. But at the end of the day, they have to see a progression in their life. You know, they can't be the people who like, okay, this is what I do now. Like you can't be doing the same thing for like years and years. You got to like really see yeah. something with it. Well, you got to dig in. Even if you're in, there's times where you might not be outwardly growing. Yes. But you should inwardly be growing. You should be studying the craft. You should be, you know what I mean? Yes. You should be in the nitty gritty of it. Um, and I think that's really, because at one point, you know, I, with all that interning and all this stuff, and finally I get a little directing job, I get a little directing job, and then I get a big one, $125,000. Tracy Lee featuring uh, Pirate MC and Buster Rhymes. Hmm. Right? And uh, I fucked it all up. What's that mean? Disaster. What? Disaster. Disaster. <laughs> Disaster. Didn't know what I was doing. I had a little bit of knowledge from being around hype. Yes. Had done a little couple videos with it, but in my you know, these videos I did back home for a couple grand. You know, you're my guy. Yeah, yeah. you've shot videos, but I work with hype. None of us, no one, you might have had a few, technically you might have had more experience, but I've seen some things. Yeah. You and no one was above anybody. No yeah. one felt like, oh boy, now I'm working with guys that they used the big lift. You know? I was intimidated. I didn't know. I, I just didn't know. I hadn't, right? I didn't hadn't studied. I fucked it all up. And that night I went home. It's funny, I took the train to set and then I went home in a limo, but I was in the back of the limo destroyed. Just thinking like, boy, maybe I should, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe it's not. You know I was saying? questioning you like you I were... was questioning whether I'm not going to do this or I'm going to suck. I'm not here to suck. Yes. Was this the first day on the set? This was a one day shoot. One day shoot. Okay. Dis what was disaster. Complete disaster. But so why was this? I told you I didn't know. I was over. I just, I was not. Uh, so it wasn't like something specific I wasn't that happened. Okay, okay, yeah, it, was, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just in general. I was, it just wasn't the, you know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, sir. Sure. So, you know, I spoke to Alan Ferguson, who was a director, DP director. He was actually Solange's husband for a while. And I spoke to Hype. And Alan gave me a bunch of technical knowledge. And again, the beauty of being at this company and having these relationships. Um, Alan talked to me about lights and technical things. And then Hype told me the main thing, that feeling that you suck, that's the enemy. You have to fight that. You can't let that win, you know? Yes. And he told me a few other things, but that was really the one. And the other one, he said, videos need to be about something. And we'll get to that. But it needs to be, everything needs to be about something. You know? yes. Your videos aren't all. You didn't, but it has to be a storyline. You don't always do storylines. I didn't confuse, but I got it later. But the main thing from that is after that happened, I went to the bookstore and I bought every book I could. Equipment, hair, makeup, award. I just started going to, to the magazine stores and getting magazines and tearing out references and just immersed myself. So yeah, I wasn't a big director. My career didn't take off, but I needed that to show me I didn't know what I was doing. I had to learn it. You feel me? Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. You have to learn your craft. Yes. You have to learn your craft. You know this. Yeah, it's not 100%. I, and you being one of the, I don't want to say the oh, best because, you know, like up here now, like, and you're saying all these things, you, you know, you've been through it. So this gives you the shit, like shows you like, it's not easy. You know, it's not like you gotta one day. You've got to work. You got, at mm -hmm. some point, it's the same. Everything is everything, right? Yeah. You got to do the work. You got to do the basics. You got to show up. You got to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know the full analogy for basketball, but I'm yeah. sure. It's the same, no, it's same thing. It's the same thing. You know, you go through uh, college programs. You go through high school programs. Overseas, you go through, like, you know, under 20, under 18 national team, and then you just build your set way up. And you see other guys who are kind of a little bit further, and then 
once you get to a certain level, like either you surprise them or you just feel like, okay, this is where I'm gonna be now. But okay, so when was the time you like took off? When was the all right? <laughs> so okay, so I'm going through all that now. I'm learned. Yeah. I've studied it, yes. right? I've been through it. I'm doing all this, and I get this one little job from Def Jam, right? They go, okay, Cormega. For if you the older group, and this is one of Nas's homeboys. What what year is this now? This is uh, probably ninety eight. I need okay. Right. There's a lyric. Uh, what's up with Corm What's up with Cormega? Did you see him all together? There's a song lyric. He talks about Cormega, and later he was Cormega was in a group called The Firm with Nas and Foxy Brown and Hazy. Oh. Right. So Cormega is signed to Def Jam. He wants to do this. Uh, he wants to do the scene from Scarface where he's getting interrogated. Dumb little idea, whatever. But what I do is say, give me a song and I'm gonna shoot a little music video. So we shoot his idea for one half the day and then the other half of the day we go down into the basement and we, you know, I light it and I'm, and while we're doing it, I remember we're lighting the scene and I look up at a light and go, yo, scrim that light. I said that, I know what that means. And I'm right. I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm the, all the studying, the languaging, had gotten into my head. A scrim is, it's a round thing like this and it's a net. And the, there's different levels of net. Yes. And what you do is you put it in a light to decrease the amount of light. Ah. Right, because if it's too bright, yes. right, and it's not dimmers, it's, so they actually would put this thing, in, there's a slot to put in there, right? Now I remember saying, look, pointing at the light saying, scrim that light, and I go, oh shit. It's working. Boy, I got, I got <laughs> it down. It's yeah. in here, you know what I mean? So, I shot that video, that was a little something. Oh, okay, this is good. Then they gave me a real music video to do, EPMD, Richter scale. Did pretty good on that. And then the Def Jam and Bad Boy were the ones that started giving me Bad Boy. Puff gave me a, a video, Black Rob, I Dare You. Right, I did that. And so you gotta, un what I, another thing I tell a lot of people is that when you're looking to get in, you go to where the culture and your subculture is, right? What do you mean by subculture? If you're a skateboarder, go talk to the skateboarders. If you're yeah. a fashion cat, go talk to the fashion cat. Exactly. You're a bald and go, if you are, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. it is that you do, instead of going around trying to chase the Everything big fish, is. exactly, go and deal with the people who, the language you get, the culture you understand, the ones who are gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones who can look at what you're doing and say, oh yo, you're all right, come on. Mm. That's so Def Jam and Bad Boy, the black record, the hip hop, the, mm -hmm. those record labels are the ones that gave me my shot, you know? and. So I'm doing this work. Everyone's like, they're, they're feeling good now because when you do it like that and it's a lot more grassroots, everything, every time I win, they feel like they won. Yes. Because, you know, they gave me, oh, all right, my guy, I gave okay. you that, okay, you believe, makes them feel like they got that. Exactly. Like they got that thing. I, I know the pick winners. Look, that kid's a winner. I, I pick winners. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? That's how, you know, it's hip hop. This is how this works. Exactly. That's why I was, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like NBA GMs are scouting. Like, like, oh, I picked him. I'm not even kidding. A guy could pick a kid in the NBA, and all of a sudden, teams will sign that guy again just because like he had the vision and had to to see the potential that in that kid, you know. So I I, I definitely understand. Which is definitely a thing. Some people yeah. can pick winners. It's definitely a thing. You know what I mean? So now Def Jam gives me Red Man. I'll be that. Yes. Okay. I write this concept. It's like channels are changing. Redman's whole album, that album was like listening to the radio and channels were changing, so we were just in sync. Sometimes the universe, God, is at work. And then he says he wants to do this skit where this girl's riding a bike. He wants the music to stop, girl's riding a bike, 
And then she sees them all hanging out and she waves at them and then crashes. It's a scene from Wayne's World. Oh. I don't know if you remember Wayne's World. You know Wayne's World? No. Wayne's World was a big duck. First, Wayne's World was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers, Shrek. Yes. The voice of Shrek. He was, this was a massive, massive culture movie. Like everyone knew Wayne's World. Everyone saw Wayne's World. Wayne's yeah. World was a massive hit. Okay. I mean, it went from a comedy sketch to a full on movie. Yes. And in that movie, there's a scene where they're playing hockey and this girl's like, hey guys. And she hits the back of a car and crashes into the car and it's a big scene. So we did it. Oh. We did that, that kind scene. Kind of the same or? Exactly the same. Oh, okay. okay. They're, they're rapping, they're rapping, and they're rapping in the street and they're in Queens, but suddenly the music stops and this girl in this music, and she's like, waves, a real cute girl on a bike. She goes, hey. And the guy goes like, hey. And then she hits the back of a car and crashes into the car. Monster hit. Hit. Okay. Hits. And I'm in. And I'm in. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. I did a, I, that's how. <laughs> Hit record, hit video, I directed it. And that's, uh, that's, that's a, it. That's a knowledge of uh, a buzzer beater, game seven of the first round, second round. Like, you in. Like, you yes. get that, you take yes. the team to the, to the finals, you in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't like we just won. It was like, no, no, you, you, you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every, yeah, right. it was that. The team had to be on point, but yes. you put that extra juice in. Yes. You know what I'm saying? There. And so that that blew me up. From there, I was really on it. Hey, guys. Sorry to interrupt. This is Tanay Santetokounmpo. Let you guys know you can get all your official The Decubros gear at thedecubros.shop. Follow our social media pages at The Decubros to stay updated with new lines and drops. And show us you're wearing the gear by using the hashtag We're All Bros. At thedecubros.shop, We're All Bros. Back to the analysis. Right, got signed to a big production company. Um, kept on studying, really lost myself in the art form. You know what I mean? Um, it was early days of hip hop, so there was a lot of wiling out. We were all yelling and screaming and throwing things. Couldn't we? Couldn't be Kanye, Dame Dash, just Puff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you? Okay. So now let me ask you this: Do you feel like uh, the success was coming too fast, or you feel like it was normal to you in the beginning, or was it? No, no. I mean, it's not a matter of too fast, but it's, you know, for Toronto. So on top of that, for where I'm from. Yes. That's what I'm saying. When you represent a country, too, or when well, you have people behind you, too. I was repping this. It's, the, yeah. the beautiful thing about me being a director was that everyone could get behind me. You feel me? Yes. Because rappers are haters, singers. Everyone, you, I'm not chasing no one's dream. Yes. Right? In yeah, fact, you're not, not coming in competition. Exactly. Yeah, yes. they're like, ah, oh, he sucks. Like, man, man, if that was me, I'd like none of that. And nerds don't act really act that way. Yes. Nerds are just, you know what I'm saying, film nerds. Are, so it just it wasn't like that. So everyone could back it up. Then on top of it, for that generation, like the Drake generation and the Weekends generation, it seemed impossible until suddenly he's from here and he's did a video with Jay-Z. And he's doing videos with Puff. He's on BET. Yeah. He's do he's really not kind of in the game. He's really in the game. Yes. Maybe we could be in the game. And then I, and then I started bringing him back. Ah. We shot videos up here. Donnell Jones' Where I Want to Be was shot in Toronto. There's a couple. I brought video, big videos. I got a couple of questions okay. after. When you finish, but, okay, so now, so now what's the lifestyle? What's, like, your everyday life now? Not just the... It wasn't crazy. Like, the money was, the money was definitely nothing I'd touched before. You know, 
felt like I was rich, but I wasn't rich. But at the same time, I was never, I didn't grow up, you know, poor. I didn't grow up in the hood. I grew up like middle-class kid mm-hmm. in Brampton. So I didn't have dreams of mansions and I didn't have dreams of fancy cars. It, it wasn't like, ah, what, you know what I mean? I did get a, I got a Range Rover. I signed to a big production company, mm-hmm. HSI Productions. They did, you know, you'd see those bank commercials with just like a shot of like a boat in Thailand. And then it's like a cowboy on a field and so-and-so banking for the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They do those commercials. Okay. 12 days, millions of dollars, car, like they're a massive commercial company that offices in New York and in LA. And I did that Redman video, big bidding war. People wanted to sign me. You know what uh, I'm saying? Companies start showing up. Like, we want propaganda. A lot of the company, like, we'll yeah. sign you, we'll sign you. And the HSI guy just went so hard. Like, he said, like, yo, I'll give you, you know what I'm saying? I'll give you this, I'll give you a watch, I'll give you a car, I'll give you an assistant, <laughs> I'll give you an office. I'll give you like, he just, just, wouldn't like, mm-hmm. you know, that. Yeah. And I said, fuck it, yeah, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? And like, and uh, and so they, I had a Range Rover. They gave me a Range Rover. <laughs> I don't know if I ever would have bought a car. Again, I just wasn't thinking like that. So, so okay, but how old, old were you when this was going? I was in my twenties, like twenty-three like when I signed. Twenty-three. It's twenty-three. So I do that, and so then there's another. So the, getting there is one thing, right? But now they're like, okay, that was great, but all the people you worked with all suck, and we're going to give you new people. We're going to put you. That was the big sale, right? We're going to put you with a bigger. DPs and more bigger and better this and bigger okay. and better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're gonna work with the guy that worked with the guy. You're gonna work the guy that worked with the guy. Yes. The thing is, when you're here and you start working with people here, they might not care that you're there. Yes. You feel what I'm saying? No. Yes. So you're not getting the guy that works with the guy when he's working with the guy is working with the guy and he's on that guy shit. Ah, you're saying so you're basically What you're trying to say is like you're not getting the same. I'm not, not getting the same, same guy. The same energy. You're not getting the same. I might like, get the yeah. same guy, but I ain't getting the same guy. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so basically, you're getting less of him. Yeah, just I gotta of go, the, kid. Yeah, it's it's whatever. I don't. Right. But if you have somebody who's willing to give everything he has for you to be successful, well, here's the thing: those aren't those guys. Ah. You see what I'm saying? So I did DMX. Um. What's my name? What's my name? I saw it on the list. I was about to ask you about that. Okay. So that video, there's two videos in one in DMX, What's My Name? If you watch it. And with, when you watch it again, you'll see it. So back then, a lot of the record labels and the execs, they want it bright. They want it warm. They mm-hmm. want this. They want that. They want good. So I went the first first day, I'm like, okay, we'll have pretty girls and we'll build this set. It's going to be bright because they want it bright. And the, I was doing what yes. I thought they want. They want it bright. It's getting in my head about yes. what they want, what they want. Yes. And it's a fucking disaster. Mm. Another disaster. I'm my AD, my assistant director is a fancy assistant director. The one thing, the DP was a come up guy, right? He was coming. He was a gaffer. It means he he did he would. With the cap, yes. The yeah. gaffers are the guys. They're they're electrics. Electric. Gotcha. So they're they're the guys that handle the lights. So the grips would put the stand. The grips handle the stand, the gaffers handle the lights. Yes. They're the ones that plug it in. They're the ones, you know what I'm saying? So he was a big gaffer on major movies. Major movies. But just like everything, oh, if you were you a gaffer on the biggest movie in the world? Oh, but you want to be a DP now? Yeah, the music, yeah. Uh, I don't know. People, you can be next to, when I was next to Hype 
and I come back to Toronto like, yo, I'm learning from Hype Williams. Can I direct your video? You do poetry and draw. What do you mean you direct now? Like you can't, ex people doubt. It's just human nature to believe it you're going to win and everyone else is going to lose. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So when someone, even a logical jump, like, oh, you're an artist doing another form of art, you're going to lose. Yes. Everyone just assumed I was, even though I'm learning from the best guy. Yes. So this DP, Claudio Miranda, was a gaffer on the biggest movies in the world, but he's like doing country videos. So that, they brought him to me. Like, give this guy a shot. Right? So I got Claudio, my fancy AD. Now DMX gets six. He has asthma, so we can't finish the video. Yes. I knew it had gone horribly. It was a horrible fucking day. Right? Yes. Um, but something clicked again. It was a new click. I had my click about learning, and this click was, yo, fuck everybody. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you want. I don't care what you want. Yes. How about this? Benny, Benny Boom, right, who's, you know, director in his own yes. right. He's doing all, still doing TV and all that shit. He's a big music video director, right? But he was the second AD, the second assistant director. Yes. I said, Benny, you're the AD. When we get DMX back, you're the AD. Claudio, Jelly Green, give me all the Rough Riders, put everyone in black, fuck this. For no fucking pretty bitches, no fucking bright colors, no, none of that. We're gonna light it red, and then we're gonna light it blue, and then we're gonna light it green, and get dogs, and we're gonna, let's go. And there's two different videos. When you watch it, that the, the hot shit is that shit. Yeah. DMX, and then I, that's my next step of learning. Fuck these guys, fuck well, what did I want? Fuck that, <laughs> fuck that, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that evolved now to an understanding of I'm not going to do what you want. Yes. I'll listen to what you're trying to get. Yes. And I'll translate that. But you ain't telling me what to do. Gosh. You know what I'm saying? And at the higher levels, no one would dare tell me what to do. That's not what they, they didn't hire, that's not why they, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not why you hired, that's why, was, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm living in a world where those are not the conversations. It's much, yes. it's a very different thing. But those early days of learning, that was a very big moment. So that was when, again, now I take off again. Okay? Yes. And now I don't care. And now I'm doing, you know, I did Donald Jones, wh where I want to be. Don't campaign. I'm just in a zone doing. So at the 2000s, I just blazed through giving people amazing work, amazing art. My question is like, okay, so now who, are you making new friends? Are you hanging out around different people? Is it still your friends from Toronto? Is it still like? My core group's my core group. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that's important, right? Um, my, I mean, look, my, my best friend is still my best friend. We're business partners, managers. Yes. I do believe that in your group of friends, there is one or two of them, when they all have, there's a place to put them. Because you hear a lot of rappers say they spent a lot of money trying to make their guys be something. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know, but I, I look like, I look at Drake and, you know, future his, his brethren from day one, and it's his manager. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the guys around him are his friends from Toronto, Oliver, yes. and they were around him from the very, very beginning. And they all found these slots that work for them. You know, my, my manager, Taj, Taj the Black Lion. We're always connected like that. And, you know, went from my assistant to my manager, and now we run a company together. Like, we got all these things happening. So I do believe around you, not every one of your boys has to yes. become businessmen. But I think around you are the folks you need. Yes. You know what I'm saying? When yes, you're an sir. artist. And then, yeah, you know, from there, then you have acquaintances that have varying levels of yes. friendship. But I do think... Uh, You'd be foolish to think your business acquaintances are friends for life, up or down, rain or shine. Yes. You know what I'm saying? 
Sure. You're you're in the I, I compare it to uh, you know the officers have their own room. Yes. So it's like more like okay. So long as you're an officer, you yeah. can be in that room, and then you will talk to the other officers. Okay, I can see I can get that comparison. But okay, so now I don't know if you feel comfortable. Obviously, and I was doing before. So business is amazing. You're going great. You're in the game. You're mm -hmm. in the quote unquote the industry. Now everybody knows you. Everybody wants a part of you. Let's say you. They want you to direct for them. They want to be even not even direct. This should be associated, saying like, okay, he give us his input or etc. And then 2015, like, like a, an event happens. I got shot. Yeah, you got, yeah, going home shot. And did that on accident? Was it like, was it like a? That was. Um, I was at a new my own New Year's party. Yes, my own New Year's party, and somebody shot someone else on the dance floor. Shot him in the chest. The bullet went through him. And, the person behind him, and then hit me in the back. So went through one, two, three, three people, and just hit. It went through three people. So yeah, seeing the movies. See, this is what movies have done to us. You know, you know, in the movies where someone like gets somebody and like use them as a human shield, like the guy, and he goes and uses the body like yes. a shield, and then he throws him, and he's okay. If I shoot you with a machine gun, I've shot everyone behind you with a machine gun. You feel what I'm saying? Oh and God. you shoot someone too close with a gun, they will go through them. Yes. Like, this is how bullets work. This is not a movie. And then they, they, okay, so it's your party. It was, it was a normal day, basically, right? It was just having a party. Mm -hmm. You're celebrating, basically, your friends' success, New Year's, New Year, new, you know how they say, mm -hmm. new me and new endeavors and success. And... And that happened. That happened in the beginning, in the end, or it was the end of the night. I mean, look, I left, I walked out of there. I didn't even know I was shot. Like I didn't. It felt like a punch in my side, but I thought maybe I was grazed. I remember taking off my shirt, and there was a hole in it, but I still hadn't quite. It just didn't compute. You know what I'm saying? Because yes. the other guys were on the ground. There's a guy laying on the ground. Like, and every time I've been around someone who had been shot, they'd ended up on the ground. So just kind of like, oh, what happened? Just it was very. Yes. Uh, but then you know, a cop, a cop told me, oh, you, you been shot you have a, was poking the bullet so you know right. he took me and cut the bullet out it wasn't a crazy thing you know what i'm saying did that uh, change anything in the way you you approach things in the way like i mean i'm saying it's your party and you know you have your friends and people you not quote unquote invited but it's people who you you know yeah look it, it changed for a moment i was really like okay this is the culture Yes. Just, the culture is making people violent. This guns and all this shit. Yes. Um, later down the line, I realized that's not what it was. And I did a TED talk called Message to the Man Who Shot Me. Hmm. And in that TED talk, I talk about meditation. I'd, I'd See, I'd done a bunch of research some of it just for myself, others for a show I created. I created a show called Mr. Tachyon. And it was a science show. But he had like wore costumes. Like if Iron Man was hosting Mythbusters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, we'd do experiments on the fringes of science. So we did an episode on meditation. And we took a guy and he said, I can meditate and keep my body temperature up. So we put him in a freezer truck and he meditated. And he kept his body temperature up. He had him hooked up to all this stuff. And then we did a control. So the active was, he was the active. And then we did the control. In the control, we just took a normal guy and put him in a freezer truck. And we had to take him out early. <laughs> yes. He damn near killed this kid. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, 
but in that research about meditation, I learned about what meditation does to you, and it changes your brain. Um, it makes your prefrontal cortex bigger. Prefrontal cortex is decision-making. Um, it's the thing that, it's decision-making. It's oh, the yeah, part we, that's- I mean, Basketball is number one. Yeah. I mean, obviously genetics and athleticism and how like work ethic, but decision-making is the absolute. And so the larger your prefrontal cortex, the yeah. better, right? So meditation makes your prefrontal cortex larger. Your amygdala is your emotional control. And that shrinks. When you meditate, it shrinks. So your, your gut, your emotions, right? <laughs> yeah. You exercise, your gut gets smaller, and your muscles get bigger. Yes. Meditation is brain exercise. You know what I'm saying? When yes. you meditate, the parts that should get bigger will get bigger, and the parts that need to get smaller get smaller. So uh, you, know, you have a tighter muscle for emotional control. You have a tighter gut. You have better control of your emotions, and you have a bigger muscle in your brain for decision-making. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Then I'd seen these other studies about violent and aggressive people. And they said their brains are not the same as the average person. The, a violent and aggressive person, and they would call antisocial personality disorder. Yes. Their brain, their prefrontal cortex is smaller than the average person, and their amygdala is too big. And then I saw another set of studies about childhood abuse and neglect. Childhood abuse and neglect, and they said it's damage. A lot of these, they called it, no one, you know what I'm saying? Yes. They, in the childhood study, they said this is permanent brain damage. Children that are abused and neglected, so hitting your kid is equal to ignoring your kid. Their prefrontal cortex is too small. Their amygdala is too big. How Turns do you, is there, any, is there any way to, so wait, so that happens and then you get in, into meditation and then now, and now fast forward, like, uh, how do you how do you fix like how do you meditation that does the exact so the, opposite that... abuse so and you can track you can track it now right yes like you remember kids growing up that just were ready to go just always ready to fight you know what I'm saying 100%. and then you went over to their house and it's like they have a chocolate bar in the fridge and their parents you know what I'm saying like yes. it's like oh you're like oh okay this it all makes this sense yeah, all yeah. Makes abuse sense. neglect your prefrontal cortex is too small your amygdala is too big then you grow into adulthood and your prefrontal cortex is too small and your amygdala is too big and now you're violent. Now you're aggressive. Now you, you know what I'm saying? Stress also does this. Yeah. Stress shrinks your prefrontal cortex and enlarges your amygdala. You flabby emotional control, small muscles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big fucking gut, tiny fucking muscles. Let's go run. What's gonna happen or, to you? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? This is what's happening to the brain. Meditation does the opposite. Meditation builds your prefrontal cortex and shrinks your amygdala the exact opposite of all these things. But no one had ever put these things together. Yes. Right? So when I did my TED Talk, my TED Talk's called Message to the Man Who Shot Me, yes. and I use this knowledge and say, look, look at the studies. Prefrontal cortex too small, amygdala too big. Prefrontal cortex too small, amygdala too big. Meditation, bigger prefrontal cortex, smaller amygdala. This will fix that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then sure. when I start going into the examples, uh, the most violent prison in Mexico had a riot. In this riot, 44 people were killed. Toronto's a big city. If we have a year where 44 people died, that's a bad murder year. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? One riot. They start meditating, the guards and the prisoners, no more extreme violence. Right? One of the most violent neighborhoods in San Francisco, a junior high over there, you know, literally dead bodies on the playground. Yes. The kids are fighting all the time. It's just chaos in the school. They start meditating. Grades go up. Attendance goes up. 
the worst students become their best achieving students. They're going, they're getting scholarships, the happiest school in San Francisco. Yeah, you know I what love, I'm saying? That's what I love to see. Man. That's what... Brain exercise. Yes. The way, the, the way to really talk about meditation is talk about it as brain exercise. Everyone says the brain is a muscle. It's a muscle. And you can exercise and change it in the way you exercise is meditation. It, how, does it take time or how like does he how do you like I'll, I'll, you, I'll, I'll give you a meditation it's because they say about eight weeks of steady meditation they can see it when they scan the brain yeah that's when they're like okay i see the change right uh, yeah, brain is, you know how long does you how long before you actually start seeing like yo i mean yeah you just, i mean you go to the gym and after two days you pumped you're like oh you can see same thing you start exercising the brain you begin to see changes the the experience I think almost everyone has when they start meditating is uh, something that would have normally pissed them off, something that really would have got them up yes. and running. They're like, oh, that didn't make me mad. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, okay. A couple of years that... ago, I would have wild out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have that moment. Um, you want me to lead you through a meditation? Yeah, yeah, time? okay. If we, I mean, definitely, I don't want to, okay. It's very simple. So, so this is the meditation I do. It's called, it's uh, the Silva Method. Silver method. The okay. silver method. So what, what I, why I like this meditation is that it's very active. You're doing stuff while you meditate. It's not like clear your brain, clear your mind. You're not doing all that. Right. Um, Silva, his whole philosophy was that the universe vibrates at the alpha wave. And the alpha wave is the, the, the frequency of the universe. Yes. Um, and if you, when you can get your brain to the alpha wave and then visualize your goals... It's like a cheat code. Thing. <laughs> it's like you're sneaking it into the universe. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So is that true? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. You know what I'm saying? Might be worth checking out. Might be worth checking maybe out. all your hey. dreams will come true. Trust, I don't know. Trust me. This is, why I, this is why this podcast exists, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. But at the very, whether or not it will, you know, whether or not you're sli sli uh, slipping in, you know, the cheat code of the universe, it's a good meditation. It will do what meditation needs to do. Sure. You ready for it? Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Close your eyes. Oh, okay. You can breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Now, as you inhale and exhale, visualize the number three, three times. Three. 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 Now, as you inhale... Think about the top of your head, and as you exhale, tell it to relax. Inhale, thinking about your forehead, and as you exhale, tell it to relax. As you inhale, think about your face, your eyes, your cheeks, your mouth, your chin, and as you exhale, tell it to relax. As you inhale, think about your throat. As you exhale, tell it to relax. As you inhale, think about your chest. Think about the organs, the heart, the ribcage, the bones, everything inside of your chest. And as you exhale, tell it all to relax. As you inhale, think about your arms, the muscles, the bones, the blood, Everything in there, all the way down to your fingertips. Tell it all to relax. As you inhale, think about your stomach. Think about your groin. 
Think about the organs and the blood and the bone. Think about it all. Tell it all to relax. Think about your legs, knees, calves, feet, toes. Think about the bones and the muscles. Feel it all flowing. And as you exhale, tell it all to relax. Take a moment to be in this relaxed state. Feel the relaxation through your whole body. Tell your whole body to relax. Now you're gonna inhale again, and as you exhale, visualize the number two three times. Two, two, two. Now, visualize a place in nature, preferably a place in nature you have been yourself a place that brings you calm and peace. Visualize it using all your senses. See it, hear it, feel it. Move around this space interacting with it. Take some time to truly visualize and be in this place of nature that brings you calm and peace. Now we are gonna to go to a deeper state of mind. As you inhale and exhale, visualize the number one three times. One, one, one. In this space, there is a box, a large box with a heavy lid. Open the box and put inside all your worries, all your stresses, all your problems, your physical body, put it all in the box and close the heavy lid. You will not need them where you are going now. I'm gonna count from the number nine to zero Visualize the numbers as I count them. Nine, eight, feel yourself descending deeper into your mind. Seven, six, five, deeper and deeper into your own mind. Four, three, two, one, Zero, you are now in a deeper state of mind, looking at the zero in front of you. Imagine the zero is a doorway. Walk through it. On the other side of the zero, in this deeper state of mind, visualize yourself watching yourself Achieve a goal you have for yourself. Watch yourself achieve that goal. Now, step inside of yourself 
so you're seeing it through your own eyes. Again, achieve that goal, seeing it through your own eyes. Now, from the area of your heart, project out great gratitude and thankfulness for achieving that goal, expectancy and gratitude for achieving the goal. Now, look at the zero, walk back out to that door. And as I count the numbers, visualize them and feel yourself rising back up. Zero, one, two, three, higher and higher, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to snap my fingers when I count to nine and you will open your eyes. Eight, nine, feeling refreshed and awake. <laughs> King, you know what's so crazy? I couldn't feel my arms for like 20 seconds. I wanted to move my arms and I couldn't. Quite a, quite a thing, huh? Yes. Then when you open your eyes, oh, I'm in the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's lights and stuff here. Yes, I and, and I and I think like the you know, I'm a person who really and buys in too. Like you gotta really like relax your body like my my shoulders, my my legs, everything just was like It's like I a almost, weird nap, right? Yes, like and I almost didn't wanna like Oh, that's a great, I mean, I do mine 15 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. I got a whole mm. other meditation that I do now that uh, I've combined this meditation. A friend of mine sent me a declassified CIA document and they're like, oh, this meditation can. <laughs> oh, you got to do, do this off camera. That, that, one, that one you need to like, you need headphones, there's sounds, you okay, got to okay. learn the mantras, like okay, it's, a whole, it's a whole thing. But this was, this is a. Uh, this one is the one, like even that one, that new one that I do is still based in this. This is my, I did this for over 10 years. But so you know what, you can find these meditations um, on Instagram, op.pfc. Yes. That's Operation Prefrontal Cortex, that's our Instagram. We have a bunch of guided meditations. So you can try different meditations. You know, yes. this is my one, this is the one I always do. It's the one I've done for so long. Um, I, the reason why I like to do it for people who've never done meditation before because it's, it's such a it's my different, first time. Yeah, and it's you never expect. No one told you this was what meditation would be, right? You're, you're like I said, you clear your brain, clear your mind, and you know what I'm saying, and all that kind of stuff, right? It all feels like what the hell is going on. But this one you can relate to, right? Yes. Calming your body down, going to a beautiful place in your head, just looking at the nature, and then the good stuff. Then you go deep into your mind and just win. You just win. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just you're just and you're watching yourself win, and then you get in it, and then you get to win. Yes. And then, then now go about your. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and sir. Now yes, you sir. go about your day. You know. What yes, I'm sir. Oh my God, that was, it was great. It was great. So, and then you have like videos, audio. What like? Yeah, the, we do these guided meditations or these video things. Uh, we, that's been our thing. My partner Dell, he co-founded the operation with me. We we've been doing that. Um, we have a documentary that we shot with Headspace. 
about a group of kids from Malton, you know, some kids in the hood whose gun violence was really bad and it really was traumatizing them. And their teacher got them to start meditating, showed them the TED talk that I did. And then we did a documentary about them, about how much it changed them. So this is, you know, the root of Operation Prefrontal Cortex, this organization that I started, is the, to use meditation to decrease violence. Yes. So if you're, you're a shooter, and I get it, this is the life, you, you, this is the path you're on. You know what I'm saying? You go outside, you take your gun, it might go down. Oh, you oh you said shooter. Okay, you mean you know what I'm saying for the yeah, 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 yeah. the shooter shooters. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you like, say shooter to me. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I'm, shooter. I'm thinking about it helps everybody. But yeah. if if but this is what it came from to say, look, you this is the life you're living. Yes. But I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not here to put your gun away and if you just hug everybody, maybe you be I get it. But if you start meditating, yes. maybe what, what will happen is that your snap point, because there's a point where you black out, the, the amygdala can turn off the prefrontal cortex. Your gut can turn off your thinking. If you've ever been in a, situ if you've ever been in a fight, you've ever been in a situation where something's going on and then you black out and then you're in it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So what no one understands is very few people are like, oh, now I'm going to shoot him. I'm sure there are there's some people, mm -hmm. but it gets crazy. And next thing you know, you, you just do it. Yes. You, know, you just hit them. You just, yes. something just happened. Just, it's, and then you're in it. Yes. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Meditation can move that point to where you, you start meditating. What might've been this will now become that. I can, you can distance yourself from your, your that snap. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes, and for the people that just live around it, you know, you, you just, you went to the playground with your son and now they're shooting and now your kid doesn't want to go outside and you, you know what I'm saying? These are very real effects when when these dangerous things happen around people. Meditation can help deal with the trauma, right? Change again. The brain changes from stress. The brain, all these things affect it. So, this is the core of what the organization is about. It's it's and then once you get past that, right? And just for anybody, one of the kids in the documentary talks about he started meditating and then he went to school to go play ball and the way he was playing ball changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, there's, there's. Once we get past the trauma, once we get past the damage of what living in these environments can do to people, then you get into the benefits. Your memory gets better. You feel better. You're happier. Relationships are better. You don't get, you know what I'm saying? It's not just you getting mad in the street. It might be you getting mad with your girl. It might be you getting mad with your kid. It might be yeah. suddenly you don't get mad the same way. You know what I mean? Just the, all these, all this, just wonderful benefits. Just like exercising. Yes, go take a walk, it's good for you. You know what I'm saying? You go do some push-ups, you're gonna be all right. Like it's this, what it does for the body, what exercise does for the body, meditation does for the brain. And then I journal on top of it. If you really wanna crack the code, then you start writing, writing, writing some things down and you're really on your way.